Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Fill My Hole. Uh, I'll have you know that I just did about five minutes without pressing record, so here I am again. I know for you guys it's the first time, but for me, what's old is new again. Uh, so I've been AWOL for a while, about three, four weeks, and uh, I mean, long story short, I got really sick. I caught something from my daughter. She had like a cold. I ended up getting sinusitis, which just ravaged me. And if I didn't know better, I'd think I had corona. <laughs> That's how sick I was. I mean, I couldn't get out of bed the first five days. I was just like laid out. Uh, but we you know we got the coronavirus test for everyone in the family because we have to just to be able to like go back to regular life. And by the time I started feeling better, which was about a week ago, um, yeah, so they locked us down again. We're all in lockdown again. And I uh, had to go get my equipment from the studio. I started doing the morning show again. And here I am coming to you from a new hole. Uh, home, I guess. This is my home hole. I'm in my bedroom. This is like our work from home setup that I'm sharing with my wife uh, because she starts work for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic because right before the pandemic happened, she gave birth and she's been on maternity leave. So this is kind of this vibe of the things I'm talking about. This is kind of what this episode is going to be. It's kind of like a year in review and not like a cheesy like list year in review. Uh, I'm going to go more I don't know. A lot of my podcasts are stream of consciousness, I've realized. It's just me talking about shit. This time, I actually have a list in front of me. And it says, fill my whole year in review. I mean, that's all it says. Um, but like, let's talk about, well, I mean, let's talk. I'm going to talk about what 2020 has been. And it's been a fucking ride. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Obviously, the pandemic is an obvious choice, but I won't start there. I'm going to start at the beginning of the pandemic, before the pandemic actually started and we knew what was going on, I'm going to go to like January. I mean, 2019 was fucking two thumbs up, five stars for me. I was making content all the time. Uh, this just thing was doing well. Uh, I was traveling to Florida once a month and shooting like this epic, just phenomenal content. I mean, it had its issues, the, the whole traveling away from the family. But like, I mean, I was going there to do exactly what I meant to be doing which is like producing content beginning to end. And it was really cool stuff. Like private planes are cool. So it's hard to say, you know, oh, it's not interesting. It was interesting. Did it become dry at some point and feel like real estate? Yeah, but I wasn't, I mean, all I needed was time away, like a few weeks away and I would have been fine. So coming out of that, I mean, that was a great experience. It, it also gave me some stability, which I haven't had very much of over the years as a freelancer. Uh, I rebranded 2019. I rebranded re my company from Foss Films, which was strictly just films, to Balabanos Creative because I wanted to make it obvious to people that I do other things, like complementary to those videos. Um, also because I have two daughters and no son, and I figured no one's going to get to carry my family name on. Uh, so I gave it the company name. I mean, I gave my name to my company. It's like the company is my son. I have two phenomenal kids. They're, they're girls, they're daughters, but the company is my son. Um, the company is more disappointing to me than the girls. I'm not going to lie. He, he gives me lip all the time. But yeah, so 2019, right? We're coming out of 2019. I'm on fucking fire. Pantelis' channel is growing, which means eyeballs on my content is growing. Everything's going great. We have a baby in 2019. Little Billy. Little Billy joins the fold and she's healthy and everything's great and I mean, I can't complain about 2019 at all. <laughs> Excuse me. And then January comes, and I'm still shooting content. It, it feels like 2019, but better. I mean, still planning to go down to Florida, 
I have a whole bunch of new contracts. I'm working with Ali, who I've interviewed on a previous podcast, and we're shooting all this amazing content for this fashion company, and it's like a regular thing, and we're just getting bigger teams and better budgets, and we're just doing cool shit. And then the whispers of this virus start, you know, showing up, and we're all like, meh, whatever, it's in China. I remember... I remember in an episode of this just thing in like early February where me and Pantelis were talking about how there was a good chance that this thing was coming and that it was going to affect our lives, that we were going to go into some sort of lockdown. And a lot of people thought we were being like alarmist or that we just said it for the hell of it. But like, well, sucks to be right sometimes, right? So lockdown happens. And the first, you know, from March to June, I'll be honest, work-wise, it was tough because it was cool because a lot of people were reaching out to me saying, I need edits done. And that was great because I could do that from home. I still had my Florida gig, albeit had been turned into this like photo editing, recycling old footage kind of gig. And I was also doing like social shit for them, which I hate doing. That's like, it's not what I do. Like to take me and put me in charge of like actually posting your social media calendar. I mean, I can do it, but why? Why would you get me to do that? That's not what I do. I'm not a content scheduler. I'm a content creator. I make stuff. Uh, it just seems like a waste, and I really didn't enjoy it. And I realized I'm wearing these headphones. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just talking to myself. There's no need. Um, so, yeah, where was I? I'll take a drink of water. So, work is weird at that point, but, like, things are still flowing well. Um and I start getting all these new contracts of people who just need stuff, like edited. And that's great because I'm like teaching people how to shoot and I'm enjoying that to some extent. And then they're sending me footage and I'm putting it together. And and the social media stuff from that other company just becomes more than I want to deal with. And I tell them like, look, I don't want to do this. This is not what you hired me to do. Uh, let's reassess. And they're like, this is what we hired you to do. So I said, okay, you know what? Fuck that. I quit. So yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, I quit a really lucrative, stable job because I'm a psycho. But it was stressing me out and I was home and I realized I'd rather spend time with the kids at that point. Like, it didn't make sense. I quit this job because I couldn't do the job anymore. I couldn't go down and that was the whole point. And it was always one of those, ah, when this goes away, you know, we'll reevaluate. But like, I knew it wasn't going to be a short-term thing. So things get weird around that period. And around that same time, we start having problems at the old studio at Xenospace. New landlords, Space is falling into like disarray because the landlords are just fucking, I don't even know what to call them. Anyways, let's not get into that. They were just, they were being strange with us. So we sell them the business and we build this brand new studio during the the lull between the waves, right? We build this rental studio with Pantelis. And around this time, I'm so fucking busy finalizing whatever has happened with the old studio, moving to the new one, designing it, overseeing the build, still working, back out shooting again. And at this point, I decide I want to fucking finish, well, finish, start really, this side project that I've had like on the back burner forever, but I've always been too busy to do. And at this point, I'm way too busy to be even thinking about this, but I do it anyways, because I'm a masochist. I don't know. And it's it's a documentary that I've wanted to do for years. It's, it's interesting. It's current now because Greece is celebrating a bicentennial and it ties into Greece to some extent. I've never actually said its title out loud on any, I mean, I've said it to people, but I've never said it on any content. So I'm going to say it now because I feel like this will be me holding myself accountable to actually finish this this year. It's called Greco Man. 
if you don't know what Greco-Man is, it's a, it's a slur from the turn of the 19th or 20th century, I forget, uh, from the Balkans. Look it up, it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. It, it is the, like, 1900 equivalent for Greeks of the N-word. I mean, that's, that's probably what it was. I mean, it's not anymore. No one even knows the term. It's fallen into obscurity. <coughs> so, yeah, like I said, I still have a cough. Sorry, I'll try to edit some of these coughs out. Um, so I start working on that. Studio's built. Everything starts to fall into this, like, nice rhythm. And, I, and I've spoken about this before. I start getting these, these weird panic attacks. Like, didn't know they were panic attacks. Just feeling short of breath. Even thinking about it now makes me feel anxious. And, and they become more and more frequent to the point where at some point I'm like, something's wrong. I'm clearly dying. Uh, you know, I'm going to drop dead and I have a massive panic attack and I go to the hospital and they're like, you had a panic attack. That being said, I've had panic attacks over the years. Um, sporadic, here and there. I had never given them much thought. I thought they were something that happened to me during specific instances, like high, high stress instances. Now that I've been dealing with these panic attacks, and not so much through the, you know, therapy. I mean, therapy isn't what I thought it was going to be at all. It's a lot less touchy-feely and a lot more scientific, which I kind of like. But I've been doing a lot of reading and just experimenting with things like uh, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and I even tried meditation. I mean, I don't know if I love it. It helps, but the CBT is like... CBT is really one of the most interesting things that I can take away from 2020 because it's rewiring my brain and I'm doing it myself. It's like playing with a computer. It's such an interesting concept. And what I've come to realize is a lot of the things that over the years I assumed were just random occurrences were just anxiety. I mean, I literally, I always assumed I was going to go from death by a thousand cuts, like a shoulder pain, a backache, a stomach ache, a headache, all these little things one day would take me out. And that fed my anxiety about like my health. Um, even though there's like nothing wrong with me. I mean, I have a clean bill of health. I got low blood, blood sugar, low blood pressure. I'm for, for like an unactive, like inactive guy. And he's like, how old am I now? I'm 34. I'm doing all right. Except for the balding. I mean, the baldness. Um, and what I've realized is like these, these bouts that I get of like nervous energy where I just, I feel like a pressure or I thought I had pulled my chest muscles or it's all anxiety. I've, I've spent money over the years on physiotherapy on pain meds. I, mean, I don't mean like opioids and stuff. I mean like rubs and like tiger bomb and all this bullshit. And now I can literally stop what I'm doing and say, I have a pain right here. I kind of feel short of breath from it. I sit down for like two minutes and I can shut it off. It's really, it's really interesting stuff. Actually, I read this book called Panicking About Panic because that's where I'm at. Like I'm next level. I'm not even just generally anxious anymore. The only th I mean, right now I'm not anxious. I feel fine. But the days that I'm anxious, I'm actually anxious about feeling anxious. So the way I have understood it, and based on this book that I was reading too, like it made a lot of sense to me. Is like well, the anxiety is a scale, right? Most people sit at like one, two, three. It's a scale to ten, let's say. When you get into a, a stressful in, in situation, something that should cause you some anxiety, you go from like two to five or six. Once you cross eight, let's say, eight is panic. If you're idling like I was, and still am sometimes, at like seven, seven and a half, the tiniest little thing, like you feel a jolt in your shoulder, you're at nine, you're fucking, you're freaking out. So if anything, Pantella's joked, and I, I always repeat it, like he goes, if, if I can fix this, fix it. If I can rewire my brain to just be a little bit more laid back, because no one, 
no one who knows me would ever describe me as laid back. I mean, I don't know if it comes off on camera. I feel like when the camera's on me, I'm much more laid back, for lack of a better or different term. Uh, I'm pretty high strung. Like, I'm a lot of nervous energy. I, I pace, I, I twist my beard. I have a bunch of, like, weird habits. I mean, even smoking. Smoking is one of the few times, if you see me in person, if I'm smoking, I'm pretty calm. And I'm and now looking back at it, it's probably one of the reasons I picked it up because I always felt so nervous. Even though it does the fucking complete opposite of what it should. It hypes me up even more. Coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker. I drink like three, four espressos a day. I mean, I'm only having two espressos now and I'm experimenting with tea because I want something warm. So like, sure, two espressos a day are not bad for me. I mean, it's not a big deal. I have one in the morning, one mid-afternoon. I mean, I don't even have like coffee withdrawal. Fund. I don't drink that much coffee. People think I drink like 20 liters. Pantelis drinks a lot of coffee. Um, like I freaked out when I found out how much he does drink. But I stopped drinking coffee for like two weeks. I would have one half of a coffee in the morning. And I would try it. Like basically what I've been doing for the last four weeks. Because when I got sick, my anxiety levels went through the roof. And I had like five or six back-to-back massive, massive panic attacks. That's when I found that book I was talking about, Panicking About Panic. And I followed this guy on Instagram. After I, I got the Audible book, right? Because I was in no, was in no mindset. Like I, I could not sit down and read. I couldn't focus. I was so out of it. And I got the Audible and I listened to this British guy, this, this English accent. And he was so calming. And he's not a, I mean, he is a professional now, but his journey starts kind of like how my journey starts. Like he was having panic attacks. And um, he, he, I mean, he built, he built, he built this entire system to help himself not feel so anxious. So there was a lot of like, it wasn't a doctor telling you do, do this, do that. I mean, he is a professional now. He has a master's or whatever he has, but like he lived through it. So there's a lot of just not sympathy or empathy. That's not the right word, but there's, you can, he can relate to you and you can relate to what he's telling you. And it was very comforting to like, I mean, I always joke that I don't care that other people have it worse than me or going through this. I just care that I'm going through this. But there is a level of comfort that comes with knowing other people struggle with this. And if the pandemic in 2020 has done anything, it's fucking dialed up people's anxiety. Because think about it. You're out there now. Your fight or flight is always on. It's like, i sick. Is that bitch sick? Why'd she cough? Is my mask on right? Ooh, did I touch my mask? Like your anxiety levels are here. If you're a single dude, I mean, your anxiety levels are here. If you have a family and if you get sick, like I had gotten sick and it wasn't Corona, but like I couldn't do anything. Just thinking about the fact that I could get fucking COVID and I'd be like this again. Not that I'd die. I'm I'm not really scared of dying. Suffering is what freaks me out and being, you know, an invalid and not being able to help because that's how I was. I was fucked, but I probably wasn't even that sick. That's the fucked up thing. A lot of it was my anxiety. It made everything worse. And uh, I know George joked on the morning show that Phil's always sick. Funny thing is, yeah, I have felt for a long time like I'm always kind of sick. Sure, I have some allergies, whatever. I mean, my nose sniffles from time to time and I smoke, so I cough occasionally. But like, it was it was just my anxiety, which is such a fucked up thing. So I reached out to this guy on Instagram. I'm just telling him like, look, your book, which I've never done before, by the way. I was like, look, the book really helped me. Thank you for writing it, uh, you know. Sorry, I didn't pay for it because I got the free subscription when I signed up to Audible for three months free. I mean, I did it because I felt like I needed to do it. And the fucking guy answered me. I was impressed. What I didn't realize was this wise old English fellow is like younger than me. He's like 31. 
I was like, I was picturing fucking Socrates reading to me, you know, with a British accent. This guy's like this, he's 30 years old. He's like the same age as my sister. It was such a weird, like, experience to see him. Because, like, you download a book with this guy who sounds so, like, you know, wise and mature and calm. And then you realize he's on fucking Instagram sharing fucking motivational stuff. And like, what the fuck is this? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just, I don't know, maybe it's because I don't read books that I'm not a big reader I, I'm more of like a find an essay online kind of guy like I'll, I'll read I read hours in a day like I'll read articles I'll read essays I read peer review things about all kinds of random shit but I, it's rare that I'll sit down and read a book I mean I'm doing it more now and my Christmas gift will help my wife bought me an iPad Air which is where I have my really fun list and you guys can actually see what my handwriting looks like it looks like garbage it just I was practicing with the flow app um, hey, where's my notes here? What happened? God damn it, iPad. No. You're not in that mode. I'm sorry, guys. My iPad has completely lost its mind. It's, it's upside down. I don't know what's happening. Let's just get these notes back, because I know it seems like I'm just talking randomly, but I'm actually following along here. There we go. Sorry about that, technical difficulties. So, what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, so this guy, Josh. Uh, I forget his last name now. I mean, he does these, like, uh, interesting... He'll talk with other therapists. And he seems like an interesting guy. Like, there's there's a lot... There's an old soul there. And I'd love to have a conversation with him on a podcast. I mean, I might actually reach out. I don't know if he does stuff like this. I mean, my podcast's not exactly huge. Uh, not exactly kosher either, because I say all kinds of wacky shit on here. But, um, yes, yeah, 2020. I mean, the year that I realized I've been anxious for the past 10 years. Oops. I mean, I just never realized it. It's such a fucked up thing. Like, I can think of so many instances in my life where I did things where at the time I didn't fully understand why I was doing them. I just assumed I was in a shitty mood or I didn't feel like it or I was bored. But it was just anxiety. It's such a weird concept. I mean, I'm bad. I'm very impatient. I mean, my parents will attest to that. My wife will attest to that. When I do stuff, I want to do them quickly. The only time I'm not like that is when I'm editing or when I'm shooting. And I think that's one of the reasons that most of the people who I know through work, through my like making films, they know me as one very like, I'm a domineering big character because when I'm on set, I'm very, I mean, a lot of times I'm in a position of authority, so I need to be that way. I mean, I'm not a dick, but I can be at times. Um, but they know me as pretty like, chill, I'm not too nervous, right? Like, it feels fun, you know? And most of the people who know me outside of that, they always joke how neurotic I am. Like, my buddy Peter always jokes that I'm basically real-life Larry David. Um, but I don't want to be real-life Larry David anymore. I want to chill. Like, even the simplest thing, which has become almost like, uh, I don't know how to really put it into words, but so this whole side of my face, like my beard, it's, I mean, I dye it, like, surprise, surprise, it's, it's fucking fake, it's Hollywood. I mean, I only dye it because it's only white in this weird little shape. It's never spread, and I've had this for a long time. I've had this for about nine years, and it first appeared after my first, first panic attack. And I'm not going to lie, like, when you have a real panic attack, you think you're dying, like, you say your goodbyes. I mean, maybe not the last couple of panic attacks, I knew they were panic attacks, but that first one, I was like, bye, guys, I'm out. Um... And I woke up the next day with like a patch of white hair. And then for a week after that, 
I mean, I won't get into the whole story about what happened, but I was sick, basically. I, I was having stomach issues, and I had to be taken to the hospital. Um, and it just spread as I had panic attacks. And then it stopped. And I've realized over the years, every time I have these bouts where I'll have a panic attack, I see a little bit more. I mean, now I'm starting to see natural gray happening, like strands in my beard, and that's fine. Once it spreads, I'll stop doing it. But I even have a white eyelash on this side, I noticed, which is super crazy. But yeah, so 2020 has been the year for my anxiety to like really show its face, and which is good in a certain sense. I mean, it's fucking sucked. But like, I'm, I've reduced because I plan on quitting smoking. So like, I'm counting my cigarettes because I'm working towards that goal. Uh, I'm drinking less coffee, which I don't even know if I was drinking too much coffee. But I mean, I discovered tea, which I, I, I kind of like. I'm, I think I can get into tea drinking. Um, Picard did it, so I'm okay with it. What else happened this year? Let's look at this list. It's been a fucking crazy year. The studio, the podcast studio. We have not marketed the rental of that studio at all because of COVID. I mean, I'm not using it as an excuse. It just doesn't make sense right now. Like I'm barely going in because I don't want to sit in a closed room with two other human beings who are not in my household because I just don't fucking know. And that's, that's the problem with 2020. Is coronavirus real? Yes, of course it's fucking real. Should we have just done a real proper lockdown instead of this nonsense that we've been doing? This kind of like uh, uh, with it, not with it, like we're kind of locked down, but not really. Yeah, no wonder people are making fucking bad decisions and still hosting Christmas parties. Yeah, of course. I just don't know. If I was single and alone, I mean, or if I was like just me and, me and Anna, maybe I would still go in. I got kids. I can't fuck around. So, I mean, I mi do I miss the studio? Yeah, I fucking miss the studio. The studio's cool. And the school studio's mellow. Like, there's no screaming kids. I mean, I my kids are sleeping now. It's, it's 10.20. They only went to bed an hour ago. Like, being home all the time really messes with their little internal clocks. But, um, I mean, it's going to be an adjustment period. We're going to figure it out. It's a nice setup. Like, I'm comfortable right here. I can do this. And I like having a setup at home, too, because sometimes it's late... I've been working all day at the studio <clears throat> and uh, I, you know, I come home because I like to be home in the evenings when the girls are here. I mean, well, the, the baby's always here. When Leia gets home from like daycare, we hang out, we eat dinner, they go to bed. I kind of want to do a podcast. Do I want to drive back to the studio? I mean, it's it's not far. It, it's like half a kilometer further than the old studio. But like I got to get in the car and go. I would much rather just walk in here and do this. It's just, it's easier to do. Uh, so maybe if I can ever get my next, my other cam link to come in, because I've lost three in transit now, I'm pretty sure the guys from Intelcom and Joey Core are just fucking stealing them because they see what's on there on the way bill. Because uh, come on, once, okay, twice, whatever. Three times, someone's fucking opening those boxes. Someone's disappearing those packages. Um, if I could get that set up, because I don't want to move everything every time. I'm just going to leave one at home, keep another one at the office. I mean, I have a second camera. I can keep a camera at home. It's not a big deal. And the camera most of the time is with me. It's just a question of the light panel. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. I, I posted a story today on Instagram, actually, because we, uh, we did the morning show and people commented on my setup and how it looked like a documentary. And the thing is, I posted it because I thought it was interesting that people noticed that, which I appreciate as a cinematographer, like, for you to talk, like if someone came on and said, Phil looks great today, like I don't give a shit how I look. I really don't. 
I mean, I don't want to look like a like a schlep, like a like a dirty person, obviously, but like I'm, I'm washed and hygienic. But I, I don't care that much how I look on the camera. What I do care about is how my lighting setup looks. And for me, I mean, that was the ultimate compliment. Uh, it looked like Phil shooting a documentary. For me, I was like, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I posted how I set it up because I think everyone thought that because it was daytime that this was causing the lighting. I mean, it looks like that, but really there's a light right here. Everything else is nonsense. Like, this is the light that's creating everything you see, including this little this eye light right here. And that's what makes the image so interesting because even in the darkness here on this side, right, on the dark side of my face, because I got like a Rembrandt thing happening, a little triangle, you still see that light. So even in the dark, my eyes still pop. That's called an eye light if anyone's interesting. I mean, I might do like a, an episode where I just talk about lighting if people are interested. Um, because I love talking about lighting. I fucking <laughs> I could talk about lights forever. My wife hates it. Uh, even the lighting in my home, like this practical. I keep getting confused because of the damn screen. This practical behind me, it's just an IKEA lamp. Um, not exactly good representation <laughs> of the lighting in my home, but the rest of the lighting in here in the condo is like I spent time deciding what color lights, what intensity, where they go, where should they should be directed, and I'm pretty happy with it. A lot of people think it's too dim, but they don't know what they're talking about. You don't need a you don't need a fluorescent white light in your living room. You're just chilling. What else can we talk about today? Let's see. I mean, I went through a lot of what was on my list. So let's talk about what 2021. What do I want from 2021? I mean, I want what everyone wants. I want fucking COVID to go away, but that's not happening. So I'm not going to be an unrealistic child about it. Fuck, it would be great if it went away, though. I mean, there's vaccines coming. We're going to get vaccinated. I don't know where I am on that list of people who deserve a vaccine for this new world. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the bottom because I'm like young and I have no pre-existing conditions. Um, but hey, the good news is a bunch of other people are going to get it before me. Guinea pigs. And uh, they can be my canaries. If shit goes sideways, I mean, I'll know. If everything looks fine, then I'll get vaccinated. I mean, I get the flu shot. I get all my vaccines. I am a man of science, if nothing else. Like, I believe in science. And I did a really hard... When I was sick, I went hard for like two days. I read every fucking medical journal's write-ups that I could get on. Like, all these peer-reviewed studies. I mean, I only understood like 60% of it because I'm not a doctor. I had to like Google a lot of things just to understand stuff. But like, it's really interesting tech. Like, this mRNA stuff is interesting. Um, the technology, like the science isn't even brand new. The science is like 15 years old. It was defunded because we just, what we were going to do with that, we didn't have the capability to manufacture them. That came like two, three years ago. And now here we are. I mean, they're going to win Nobel prizes. I forget her name, but the woman who created this concept, who came up with the idea of working with mRNA protein or whatever, I forget the term now, she's going to win a Nobel prize. Like, unless everyone dies. I mean, then she probably won't win anything. But I'm pretty optimistic for the vaccines. Like, they seem... It was quick, but, like, think about it. It used to take us, I don't know, fucking forever to, you know, decrease the size of a microchip or, you know, exponentially progress becomes exponentially faster. I mean, it just makes sense. So, 2021. I mean, I'm kind of sad that 2020 is over in the sense that it was a good year to write and like 2020 was cool, but like nothing cool happened in 2020, <laughs> more or less. Even though it'll always be the year we got our, our first big studio, Pantelis and I together, um, 
I know that we're probably, I mean, this is not 100%. It's like 99.999. We are retiring this just thing um, to make space for different kinds of content. I want to spend more time, like the time I want to spend on this side of the camera, spend on this time side of the camera, I want to do for myself. So aside from the morning show, which I love doing because it's fun, uh, I want to do more podcasting. I, I might get back into some vlogging, even though I think I prefer this. It's not, the, it's not a question of preferring. It's a question of time. I can spit this out. If I shoot for 30 minutes, the whole process takes me 45 minutes, uh, putting it together and throwing it out, like out into the ether. Um, if I shoot a vlog, I need to spend a couple of hours editing it. That was always the problem with this just thing. It's fun to do. We do it. I love putting it out there, but it's like a five-hour process, like putting, because we record like 30-minute slots. We just go. There's no script. There's nothing to look at. I just got to go through it. I basically watched the episode 20 times till I hate it. <laughs> I cut it. I cut out all the weird pauses. I make it choppy. I make it pump, punchy and whatever. And then I, then I got to go look for all the fucking uh, images and uh, the overlays. It's not like I have a researcher working with me. I just I do it all by myself, right? So like Pantelis walks away and he's done after 30 minutes, but I got like five hours before I can get it out. I mean, I have other things that I need to be doing um, or that I would prefer to be doing because I'm not that type of editor. I'm a cinematic editor. I'd much rather edit some kind of narrative, like that kind of stuff. And that brings me to something random, actually. So I'll finish this thought. We're probably going to retire this just thing. Maybe we'll bring it back one day. Maybe it'll be something we do every so often, like at milestone events. I don't know like an episode every quarter or whatever. Like, it's not going to die, but it will become something else. And sketches is really what I want to focus on because I think, I mean, Pantelis has so many good little sketches that he's put together over the years that we've just never done anything with. Like the Christmas sketch we put out, which is on my Instagram. I mean, it took us like, I don't know, an hour to make. We went downstairs, we shot it, I put it together, we were done. Um, so like, that's satisfying for me. I was able to, create this little tiny thing, a standalone little story in an, in an afternoon. I mean, fuck, I could do that every day and I'd be happy as a clam. Um, so that's probably what's going to happen. And I think, I mean, money, fi I mean, financially permitting, we'll probably build a different, because once COVID kind of lulls again, or we get back to some sense of normalcy, that podcast studio is going to be rented all the time. Like people are going to be using it. Uh, and I think the morning show has, proven that it deserves like a its own set and with this just thing moving out of the main studio we can finally build like i don't know couches or i mean we'll probably end up fighting about the decor because we have very different aesthetic tastes but it'll be cool i know that much it'll be fucking cool um i was gonna jump on to oh yeah so so speaking of this like clickbaity inspirational not inspirational but clickbaity footage so i was approached by Headhunter. I won't name the company. Um, I was seeing their ads constantly. They were looking for a video director. And I mean like a director like me, not like director of video production. I mean a video director, someone who directs videos. And uh, I must have gotten like 15 notifications through LinkedIn. And then eventually one of their like, I guess she was human resources. I don't know exactly what she did. She reached out to me to set up like an information session. So I was like, you know what? Like I'm curious. So I do it. We have a good conversation. Like, I enjoyed talking to her. And I liked the vibe of what she was telling me. But there was this part of me that was like, this seems dumb. 
Why did it seem dumb? They make inspirational videos. I'm not against being inspired. <laughs> it's just that some of these inspirational videos, they just, they feel, I mean, maybe as a creator, some of them are great, fine, you hear these amazing stories, but some of them are just so clickbaity, the way it's put together. You know, it's just, it's like, it's almost like a template. So I was like, I don't know about this. So I looked at some of their stuff. Some of it was good. Some of it was not for me. And some of it was bad. And I straight up told her, I'm like, this is trash. I don't like this. She's like, yeah, well, we're trying to do better. I said, okay. She goes, are you interested? Would you like to apply for the position? I go, I mean, sure. Put me, I'll do the candidate application. She goes, no, no, you're through to the next level. Based on our conversation, you have to do a test. So what's the test? She goes, we're going to give you footage. You're going to make a documentary. Well, I said, okay, fuck, sure. She goes, how's your schedule? I go, I'm pretty slammed for the next couple of days because I was finishing up a bunch of stuff for the end of the year for a few clients. And she says, I'll send it to you later today. I say, okay. The fucking email comes in and it says, you have three days. It was like a Thursday. It was a Thursday. You have three days to complete this. It doesn't need to be fully polished, but it has to be done. So I was like, what? You never fucking, I didn't say anything to her, but I was, she never fucking told me that. I literally just told her I'm slammed. <laughs> it's, we're going into the weekend. I was like, fucking, okay, I'll do it. And I was like, I'm not going to half-ass it. I'm going to do it. And they gave me the story of this guy. It was like a, an ex-Marie. I can't remember his name right now. That's how uninspired I was by this dude. Um, he was blown up in a Humvee when he was 19 in Iraq and turned his life around to be an inspirational guy. What I took away from his story was if this hadn't happened to him, he would be no one today. Like this was the single most traumatic thing that ever happened to him, but it was the single greatest thing to ever happen to him. And I even found a quote where he fucking says that. And I knew right away what the assignment was. They wanted to see, and they gave me this really long form podcast interview that he did, where he basically shits on people who, who focus solely on his accident as like his Genesis story, his birth story, right? The fucking thing is, no matter how you cut that story, Without that moment, he's nothing. He's just a, a jarhead who went when he was 19 to serve his country. Maybe he came back. Maybe he didn't. Who knows? Without that pivotal moment, there's nothing. And the fact that he says it so many times in that otherwise unusable interview proved to me that they wanted to see if I was going to not focus on that and focus on the things he did. And I didn't. Not because I didn't want to do well. Because fuck that. Like, that is the moment. And I built up this epic, epic, like, crescendo to when he... And I rebuilt the explosion with, like, stock footage and shit. And then I put it all together. And, I mean, I didn't have enough time to finish it properly. It was actually the first... It was, like, eight minutes long. The first five minutes are great. But, but then, like, it starts to fall apart because... I mean, okay, he turned his life around. Once he turns his life around, everything's great. But like I saw their other docs and the stuff they add. So I tried to pepper it in. I pandered a bit. And I sent it off. And I, I sent it off and I was like, eh, whatever. Like, it, it, I'm proud of it. I mean, for the time I put into it, I'm proud of it. I didn't half-ass it. I tried. Like, I actually tried. And I was like, they're not going to like it. And I don't really mind if they don't like it because I don't think I really want this job. I mean, I don't even know why I'm applying for it. I don't, I'm not looking for a job. I'm a freelancer. And this morning they let me know that they weren't going to be proceeding with me. And that what they'd rather do is put me on a list of freelancers that they can use for different kinds of productions. Like the, the stuff I do normally, like scripted stuff, which we had already spoken about. And I was fucking heartbroken. <laughs> Here's a job I didn't actually want for a company that does something that I, 
I mean, the, the scripted stuff I like that they do. I mean, I think I could really do some cool stuff with them if they give me the chance, but who knows. But these like other docs, this clickbaity stuff, I, I really wasn't interested in it at all. But for some reason, I mean, it was rejection, right? Handling rejection is tough. I mean, I lose contracts all the time. I mean, I don't do a lot of job interviews, but I lose contracts all the time. And it still fucking hurts. Like, it, it hurts your ego, right? You're like, oh, man, but it was good. And uh, I don't know why I even said that story. It's just random. I mean, a job I didn't want for producing content I didn't want to really produce. It's control. That's what it is. I, I, I wanted to be like, oh, cool, you're giving me the job. I don't want it. Because I'm a piece of shit sometimes. <laughs> and, I, and I wanted a win. I like. I mean, the last couple of weeks have been rough. It, like, the last couple of months, the whole year has been rough. But I, I was thinking like 2021, you know, I'm going to do this. And in the kind of mindset I've been in this like kind of down in the dumps, dealing with shit, maybe making this like overly inspirational content, like to make people feel good is, is exactly what I need. But the thing is, I can do that anyways. <laughs> I mean, I do it regularly with Pantelis. Like that's, that's something that 2020 has showed me. That's something I'd never thought I would experience. Because when I make a film... I mean, some of my film my films have fans, I guess. Like, people like them. And I, and over the years, I have had experiences where I meet someone, they're like, oh my god, I've seen your movie, and, and that's always really cool. And I haven't made any feature films, so it's not... I mean, I've worked on feature films, but I've never made any of my own. So it's not like my name is big, I'm not famous, and I, I don't aspire to be famous. But I never thought I would be able to engage with a fandom. And the cool thing about being part of Pantelis' channel is he has fans, they're not my fans, they're his fans. And like, I understand that. I'm not, <laughs> not, not delusional. I mean, Poseidon has fans. But Christmas comes around this year after this really hard year and we get fucking cards and messages and even me talking about my anxiety, I got a bunch of messages from people which I appreciated, even though I was completely caught off guard. And it's not that people, it's not like a fandom, like, I'm, oh, people love me, people like me. It's not that, it's like the the general consensus, the overarching message from all these people, and I mean you all, if you guys are on here watching or listening, you know who you are, it was gratitude, like, this has been a fucking shit year, it's shit out there, thank you for giving us something to, like, fucking distract us. And that makes me happy, that, like, it brings me, it's very fulfilling. Not fulfilling enough, though. What I want is not thank you for distracting me, thank you for entertaining me is... I mean, we're doing that anyways, but I want people to be like, Phil, thanks for helping me think about that. Like, those were always the kind of films I wanted to make. I wanted to ask difficult questions. I wanted people to, like, I wanted to, people to leave anything I ever produced that wasn't commercial. I wanted them to leave almost feeling confused. Not like, what the fuck did I just watch? But I wanted, I never want to give answers. I want to give questions. I want to leave people with questions. And, I mean, I haven't been doing that. And that's where Greco-Man comes back into 2021. 2021 is the year I finish this. I mean, 2021 is the year I start this, technically. I've shot a bit of footage. Greco-Man is basically... How would, I, how would I describe this? It It's about Greek identity, for sure, and what that means. And I mean, not only about Greek identity, but, but identity. In a world filled with identity politics, I want to go back to one of the simplest forms of identity we all t seem to understand, which is like ethnic identity or cultural identity. And I want to really flip that on its head and be like, is it really as simple and as straightforward as we thought it was? 
is it the same for everyone? Like, do all Greek people feel Greek for the same reason? Do all Haitian people feel Haitian for the same reason? I mean, we don't even all look the same. Like, what? So I want to ask those questions. Um, and I want to talk with people who I feel can elevate that conversation through their experience. And I, I have a bunch of people in mind. And I mean, a lot of it's going to end up happening over the web through Zoom because of COVID. Like, initially, I was gearing up to do this at the beginning of 2020. But, like, the pandemic really put a damper on that plan because there's no way I'm flying to the States, to Australia, to Greece. Like it's not happening. Um, and it's kind of my story too. I mean, it's almost autobiographical to some extent. And because like, I mean, we joke about this on the other shows often, like Pantelis was like, Phil was a, a Greek nationalist and Phil was a communist and Phil's gone through all these different phases of political affiliation. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's true. I have a hundred percent. And I take deep, like there's a deep sense of pride in that because I've never believed something just because. I mean, I believe things, but the second I got new information, my opinions on those things changed. And I'll always play devil's advocate and I'll always play both sides of the conversation. Like, uh, I forget the word term in English. It's a philosophical term, disilogy in Greek. It's, when you uh, argue from both sides of an argument, like if you can't argue against yourself, then you can't argue for your position. Like, I want to understand as much as I can. I mean, we're all going to die one day. I want to know that before I go, I figured out as much as I could. And I'll never figure it all out. I mean, my daughter's four, and she always says, Daddy, I know everything. And from the first day she told me that, instead of telling her, I'm like, oh, you're so smart. I was like, you're smart, but you don't know everything. She goes, well, you don't know everything. I'm like, nobody knows everything. There's just too much to know. And I mean, that's... I mean, put that on my fucking tombstone. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to just learn as much as I can and have a good time. I mean, sometimes the information is scary and sometimes it's not, but it's information and information is a powerful thing because it can be dangerous when you don't have it. And it can be dangerous when you do have it. So, I mean, there's nothing dangerous in what I'm endeavoring to do here with Grecoman. It's just, I mean, it's a, it's a fact finding mission, a soul searching fact finding mission, I guess, to some extent, it's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, it's something I've kind of done in other projects to a certain extent, but I wanted like, I want to go hard. And I want to, like, I'm going to use myself as the central figure for it because it makes sense, especially in a pandemic. And it's a doc, so, like, I can, I can do that. And a lot of it will look a lot like this. It'll just be me talking sometimes. And maybe, maybe I'll release it as a feature film. Maybe I'll break it into episodes and release it. I'm not sure. I'm going to cut it there. Uh, I don't have much else to say, and I have a plate full of spring rolls that Anna made me that I want to go eat and watch some TV. Um... Fuck, I'm going to have so much heartburn. I know it. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. 2021. Look, <laughs> I was going to say it can't get any worse, but it can. It can absolutely get worse. But at the same time, it could get better. I mean, we're moving into something. We'll never go back to the lives we had. Never. Those lives are gone. They're dead. Uh, so let's figure out what these lives moving forward look like. Um the government has put us, all the governments, fucking every government has put us in a shit position. And we're going to make the best of it because this is what we do. We're, we're humans. Like, this is what we do. We persevere in the, the worst of situations. Like, if you think about it, I mean, it's the first time we're going through something so globally devastating. But, I mean, the world has ended like seven or eight times in recorded history. Like, we'll figure this out. Uh, is everything going to be okay? For some of us, yeah. I'm not going to be overly positive. For some of us, it won't be. But eventually it will be. I mean, there's always a way to figure shit out. 
Um, and if you are dealing with anxiety or like any of sh all the shit that's going on, just taking you up to 10, I mean, talk to someone about it. Like, don't just fucking dwell on it. Like, I never dwelled on it because I didn't know it was there. It was different. It was completely subconscious. But be more aware of how you feel. Like, it, it, it's a useful tool. It's interesting. I mean, that's one of the things I'm most proud of this year that I figured that out and I'm, I'm working to, to just be more mellow, you know? Um, I mean, and if you want to message me, message me. I'm not a dick. I'll answer. I might just answer in emojis at first because sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, people need me to say smart things. But yeah, so happy new year. Um, coming into 2021, I will be more regular with the schedule. I'm going to I'm gonna make a fucking point of it. And the new content coming, all the best. Health above all, especially with what's going on. And uh, I'll leave you with a little uh, proverb. Proverb, it's not a fucking proverb. It's just what, what, what they say in Greek for happy new year. Many years and uh, again to next year. What I mean, it's not a good translation, but it's it's very sweet and very nice in Greek. If you're listening to this as a podcast on Spotify or iTunes podcast or wherever you get your podcasts, that's great. But there is a video version on YouTube. And sometimes when I feel like it, I also upload the entire episode to IGTV because I like to keep it fresh like that, you know, being a millennial. <laughs> Um, if you're lazy and you don't want to Google other episodes, you can't find them because for some reason you don't understand how the internet works. Balabanos.com, you can find it all under the podcast section. And if you want to see any of my work, it's also there, Balabanos.com. Just head over to the cinematography section. You can watch all that. My name is Phil Balabanos. Once again, 2020 has sucked. I give it a fucking zero stars and I will see you in the next year. Be good. You've been listening to Fill My Hole. This podcast is available on YouTube in its full video form. If you're lazy and you don't want to Google it and you don't want to search on YouTube, balabanos.com, hit the podcast section. You can subscribe directly to the RSS feed there. My name is Phil Balabanos, and I'll see you next time.